Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to our show today. Milwaukee's philanthropic community is brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. Now, we're going on our third year of making a difference in our community in the area of philanthropy by helping nonprofits get the word out about their mission and their purpose. I've had the privilege of getting to know some really great people over the years who are passionate about the work that they do. So let's get right to it and hear from some more great people who are making an impact out in our community. So I'm going to start today by speaking to the women in our audience, and I want to ask you this question. Do you remember how you felt when you first found out you were pregnant? Whether that was your very first pregnancy or a subsequent pregnancy. I remember such a feeling of joy and anticipation each pregnancy. But what about a young girl or a woman who finds herself in this place? Not planning the pregnancy or even thinking it would happen. What about a woman who was not looking to add any more children to her family? What response do you think these ladies have? Would it be the same? Joy, excitement, anticipation? Probably not. Who do they turn to? Especially if they feel like they can't talk to anyone about it. Having someone to confide in, someone to turn to without judgment is so important at this point in the process. Why? Because it may be a life or death situation, literally. Now, as with any topic we discuss on our show, our goal is to inform and share information. What you do with that information is entirely up to you. If the information leads you to make a decision that will ultimately help someone in some way, great. Then I think we've done our job. We're going to talk with two organizations today that, first of all, help women and families decide how to move forward when they get the news that they're expecting a child. And then secondly, learn about what options are available to put kids who are potentially in danger in a safe household. So let's start by looking at some statistics. According to my latest research, there are about 2 million couples waiting to adopt babies in the United States. That's about 36 waiting families for every one baby. Yet, there were over 600,000 abortions in 2018. So as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, wait a second, if if we could just put the people who desperately want a baby together with someone who chooses not to keep their baby for whatever reason, we'd have a lot of happy people, don't you think? Both parties would be helping the other. I think it all gets down to knowing what options are available to you. My first guest today is Chris Crawley, Executive Director from Life's Connection, a nonprofit whose goal is to provide hope and healing and build strong families. Welcome to the show today, Chris. Thank you, Jill, for having me. I feel very honored to be on this morning. Well, we're excited to share and uh, with our audience what what Life's Connections is and how you're making a difference. So why don't you start by telling us how and why you were inspired to start Life's Connection in the first place? Well, it's a a long story, but it's a God-inspired story. I felt a calling, and I felt a calling at a young age. I am an ultrasound tech by trade. So I remember when I was younger as an ultrasound tech, 
seeing that baby for the first time on the ultrasound screen and realizing at that moment, wow, that is a baby. I didn't know that. But anyways, I became an ultrasound tech and absolutely loved my job, loved what I was doing, worked at a busy hospital, started a clinic in uh, my area. And all of a sudden, one day I felt um, a nudging from God, really, saying, quit your job. I've got some things for you to do. And I remember thinking it was just it was just this pull and this tug. And after a few days of that, I remember saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not doing anything. I love what I'm doing. But after the third day of that pulling on my heart, I said, yes. And I quit my job. On my way home, I remember I put in my two-week notice. And on my way home, I thought, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. I have to tell my husband I just quit my job. <laughs> so thankfully, he was very caring and, and loving about that, and, and it was all good. I was inspired to start a crisis pregnancy center in my area, but one that wraps itself around women facing other pregnancy-related issues. And this would include miscarriage and stillbirth. I myself, through the years, had suffered three losses. And when this happened, I didn't have anywhere to turn, and no one around me understood that what I felt like and how, it, how I felt alone, and I didn't know exactly what to do. So that's how Life's Connection was started. I, it, um, I gathered many people around me from my church and through a ministry that we were working in and probably drove them crazy, but knew that, that the community needed us, and Life's Connection was born. Okay, well... Why don't you tell us who Life's Connection reaches out to? Who do you serve in the community? We actually reach out to anyone who walks through our doors, but we're primarily here for women and men facing unplanned pregnancies, difficult pregnancies, families looking for support, and families needing parenting and that kind of education as well. To us about the services. So, so you serve men and women. I understand in 2020 alone, you served 2023, you did 2023 client visits. What are some of the services that you provide? So we provide pregnancy tests, free pregnancy tests, free ultrasound, STD testing, childbirth, prenatal and postnatal um, classes. And we do one-on-one life skills classes as well. So our classes and our programs help build strong families. Uh, and that is our focus. Our focus is to do just that. We have people that come to us that don't know what to do and are in that situation that we are talking about that didn't have a place to turn. And I remember a girl named Sarah who was scared and afraid, and she just found out that she was expecting a baby and she was in high school and she wanted to move on to college and have a career and she found out she was pregnant and she didn't know what to do was it abortion adoption parenting when she met us she learned what her options was through our loving counselors and our support and we were able to help her move forward and that moving forward was during a very like we said a very critical time in her life she found joy then, knowing 
that there was something that she could do and that there was a way that she could walk her way through this. She wanted to bring that baby to into the world, but she didn't know that she wanted to before. She didn't know how to do it, and we helped her do that through our the programs that we and classes that we just talked about. It's beautiful. We see those stories over and over and over again. And some of these women, and in her situation, she did choose adoption. And, and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. And she was very happy and very content in that decision. And we were able to walk along that journey with her. And that's what we feel so honored and so blessed to be able to do with these women. And the men as well, as you talked about before. The men are right along with them as well. The women and the men. And we walk their journey. We help build their lives. We help build their families. And we help them through that process And we always talk about the joys of pregnancy. They find that then. But they needed somebody in their life in order to make that happen. Yeah, and and you can't put a dollar amount on that kind of uh, relationship. I mean, it's just no no way around it. It's an invaluable thing that you provide. Tell us quickly about your Learn and Earn program and your on-site baby boutiques. So what we do is when the families come to us and they finally, you know, they choose what, you know, parenting, adopting, whatever they're going to do, they take our classes and their childbirth classes, parenting skills, all kinds of classes, and they earn mommy money. We have a full baby boutique in each of our centers. So it's a store and they take that, what they learn, they get this money and they can spend it. And actually, everything is free. So now they can get all the baby items that they need, diapers, wipes, car seats. We do car seat safety classes. We do a really great um, safe sleep class. And, and babies and moms and babies and dads get a free pack and play. So that's how that works. It's our learn and earn system. And it builds them. And they're proud. And they love coming for that support. Wow. And I understand just shy of 18,000 items were provided to clients through that baby boutique. So that's, that's great. Life's Connection not only provides help for successful pregnancies, like Chris was talking about, but also for unsuccessful ones. About 15 to 20% of recognized pregnancies end in miscarriage. That's nearly 1 million each year. So stay tuned. And when we return, Chris will share how Life's Connection is helping families in this area as well. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Chris Crowley, Executive Director from Life's Connection. Chris, you shared with me a favorite quote of yours that says, every soul has a mission. We may not see it or be able to know it, but even little babies lost to miscarriage have a mission. That's beautiful. Tell us how Life's Connection provides help and support to women and families who experience miscarriage. Our programs and our services, it's called the Hearts of Hope Program. And we walk alongside of women going through miscarriage. So we will help them as they're experiencing a miscarriage, a loss. We will help them to collect the baby's remains. 
we will help them provide a service and a burial for miscarried babies. This is beautiful because we are the only center in our area and really in the world that does this. We help bury the miscarried baby's remains. When you're under 20 weeks along, there is no burial for these babies. But we have helped in our southeastern Wisconsin. There are 20 cemeteries in the area now that have opened up the cemeteries to miscarried babies. There wasn't. There was only a couple before that. So we've opened that up, and we also provide hope boxes. It's a mementos and and booklets and everything else that will help with hope and healing. We will counsel and walk through, um, listen to their story. We talk to women and men as they share. I knew when I was having, when I was going through my miscarriages, I didn't really have anybody to talk to that understood. The people in our centers have gone through this. They understand and they're here to help and support people that are going through miscarriage and even a past miscarriage as well. Our services are so important, and we even go to the hospitals to pick up the baby's remains if you have a miscarriage in the hospital. Every soul does have a mission, and every baby has a purpose. And parents that lose a baby through miscarriage or stillbirth, they never, ever, ever forget that child. And these children should be remembered and honored and um, celebrated in the end. And that's how that's why we do this. And it's just so important. It's just an important mission, and it's important for families to help them through this loss and grief and find some comfort in that. Yeah, and so, I imagine uh, going through it yourself, you have a certain empathy and compassion that someone who has not gone through it, they don't have that. And so experiencing it yourself, you bring a valuable insight to helping somebody in that regard, which that's, that's great. What other crisis care services do you provide then to the community? We help um, moms and dads and babies, children that are going through difficult times. Um, there are women that are having pregnancies or expecting a baby that are sick or ill. And we will walk that journey as well. They may be critically ill. They may be, you know, in the hospital for a while. And we can help families, connect them to resources, help them with some funds or dinners, meals, someone to talk to, and prayers that can help support the families during those critical times. We've had crises of all kinds come to our doors and we never say no we just help people get through them so um it doesn't matter what what it looks like we're here to connect people to resources and to the help and support and we're here to listen and and help people get through those bad times and we talk so often about that the fact that not one nonprofit can do it all they can't offer everything to to someone and so those collaborative efforts are so important when you you know what resources are available and you can point somebody in the right direction you know, that's that's a great thing because again you can't do it all how can listeners partner then with life's connection to help moms and dads and families in need of course, we are a nonprofit, and all of our money comes from donations. Donations from churches, from individual 
individuals, couples, families. Um, that's where we get our money in order to operate. That is very, very important, is getting the funds. The other thing is items for our baby boutiques. We need car seats. We need pack and plays. We need diapers and wipes, anything that has to do with a baby. I mean, you go in and it's a store. So those things are very necessary in order to help and support our families that are expecting children. And we go up to size five. We don't, we don't leave our families once that baby is born. We follow them throughout their pregnancies and throughout their lives. So even now I think of, I've got the most beautiful um, women that I helped, you know, seven, ten years ago and watching them and their children grow up. And we had helped them with so many things like food and clothing and this. And now I see them now and they have cars and houses and, you know, apartments and they're married and and the children are just so beautiful. Um, so the things that we need are things that will help and support families. Like I said, the funding is so important. And also those baby items, volunteers as well. We need volunteers. We always are looking for help for our events and for mailings and things like that. So that those are the types of service things that we need at our centers. So if someone wants to help, how would they reach out? Do you have a Facebook page? Do you have a website? Is it best to call uh, call you or call a number? They can call us at uh, 262-290-5433. They can also find us on lcmission.com and or just send an email to lifesconnection1 at gmail.com. So there's various ways to reach out to us. Well, I think that uh, the work that you're doing must be very rewarding. Certainly, we can hear through your what you're sharing with us today, your passion, the passion you have to help these, these women, these men, these families, these babies. So kudos to you. That's wonderful. And I uh, hope that you can carry on your mission for, for years to come. So thank you for joining us today, Chris. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So we learned that Life's Connection works with parents during pregnancy and postnatally to support, encourage, and provide a safe environment. What happens if there's a family problem after the child is born? Again, Chris talked about the fact that they work with them uh, for quite a while beyond their pregnancy, but we're talking about, you know, if a family encounters a crisis, what do they do then? Where do the parents turn? Evidence-based research has shown that one of the driving forces behind children experiencing harm is their parents having no one to call in times of crisis. So stay tuned to hear about from our next nonprofit that works in collaboration with Life's Connection to help families in this time of need. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And my next guest today is Jennifer Schiller, who is the Milwaukee Chapter Director of Safe Families for Children. Welcome to the show today, Jennifer. Thanks, Jill. This is a great opportunity, and I'm privileged to be here today. And we're happy that you're here as well. How did you, uh, being the Milwaukee 
director or get involved with safe families and and what is your why for working with them yeah so my background um professionally i'm a master's i have a master's degree in social work so my um my professional job um prior to having children was working in schools and working in different um, school districts doing consulting uh, but I had four children uh, within a six-year period. Um, I love these sweet people, but they came kind of in rapid order. And so I ended up um, being a stay-at-home mom for a number of years. Um, and during that time, I had a real, a really large crisis. Uh, my mom got really sick and died within a month of um, being diagnosed with lung cancer. And at the same time, my actual, my husband had a really bad accident where he was incapacitated for eight weeks um, and had to have surgery and couldn't drive himself to work, couldn't do anything to help with these four little people. So um, it was a, a, just a lot going on for us. And uh, we were just blessed to have people at church um, and different people in our lives um, through friends. We have, we have no uh, family in the Milwaukee area. And so our closest family was in Madison, which was my parents. So they were going through their own stuff. And because of that, we just had all these amazing people wrap themselves around my family to take care of my kids so I could have time with my mom um, the last couple weeks of her life. And so that was significant in my own life, um, having that support system. But I was also involved in a number of different ministries and um, ways to support young parents, a lot of them single young parents. With little people and seeing them really and you know just really really overwhelmed uh, with with small children um, and then the final thing is that I just have always loved the concept I grew up in the military and so um, you know in the military your uh, blood related family isn't necessarily those that are with you and so uh, growing up that way really I could see how important a support system was in preventing really hard things happening uh, you know, when, when crises, crises come up. And so I've always had as a social worker, a concern about abuse and neglect and prevention. And so all of those things molded together, um, brought me to Safe Families for Children. And so when I heard about Safe Families in this unique, amazing way of um, volunteers coming around families that are in crisis and supporting them through it, it just drew me in really quick. So. Well, it's easy to see your purpose and passion being put to good use in the right place, right? Um, what is the mission, the vision, and the community need for Safe Families for Children? You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Our mission for Safe Families for Children is that we're a nonprofit um, movement. Um, so it comes from a very simple concept that you don't have to be an expert to love people. So we are a faith-based nonprofit, and so we go by um, those biblical commandments. The one that we mostly know, um, most people know, is that we're supposed to love God First, and then we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so there's just this, the mission and vision of Safe Families is to love your neighbor. Uh, we're fueled by compassion and faith to keep um, children safe and families together. And we do that through relationships. So again, you don't have to be an expert um, to just want to have someone in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're um, volunteer driven. About 98% of what is done day to day is done by our volunteers um, that serve, for, serve in a number of different um, roles. Um, but we're professionally supported. So those volunteers always have professional staff in human services, social work, and public health are a couple of them to just really back them up and make sure that they feel safe and, and really supported while they're helping families that need help too. Mm. Um, yeah, so the big thing is that we just really feel it's an honor to, to surround parents and children um, in our community and, and believe in them, believe in them in that they want to parent and they, um, their children need them and and the best place for children is with their parents 
And so um, whatever we can do to love on them and get to know them in that, we, we do. Mm, what a blessing that is. Give us some history behind Safe Families for Children. You know, when, how long have you guys been around? How'd you get started? That kind of thing. Yeah, so our history starts with a national history. Uh, so we were founded in 2003 um, by Dr. Dave Anderson out of Chicago. And um, he works for a large social service agency uh, that had um, was kind of in the heart of Chicago. And so families regularly were coming into um, his large offices, not only to him, but his staff and saying, hey, like we're living, you know, we're living at the L, we're living in our car, we're struggling with some mental health stuff, can you help us? Uh, and, and often the question for long, or that question was often answered with like, well, you haven't really bottomed out. Like, you know, there hasn't been this huge thing that's happened where we have concern for the safety of your children. And so, um, Dr. Anderson was starting to say like, why are we waiting? Why are we waiting for horrible things to happen to children where they have to be removed from their parents or pulling families apart and, and possibly could we help? And so one day a mom came off the street, um, with her little boy and asked Dave that directly, um, you, can you help me? Can you take my son for a little bit so I can get some drug treatment and find some housing? And he stepped out in faith and did that, brought this little guy home. I'm sure was um, a little shocked by his, uh, to his wife, but um, in a very short period of time over a month, um, brought that little boy lots of places, including church, which then drove people at church to ask that same question. Like, can we help? Why can't, why do we, why are we waiting around to help these families? Why can't we wrap ourselves around them? And from then, since 2003, um, we are now in 120 chapters in over 40 states in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. And then especially, of course, in Wisconsin and in Milwaukee. So our history is unique in that we started in 2011 in this area. But um, shortly after we started gathering volunteers, the state of Wisconsin came in and said, hey, you have to stop what you're doing. Uh, We don't think this is legal. You need to have some um, legislation to say you can do this. Uh, The reason why is most of the time you have to have some kind of kinship connection if you're caring for children over 30 days legally. And so uh, that's, of course, why they said, hey, like, stop, you know, like, let's take a minute. So um, Senator Dale Coenga, along with um, a number of people at Elmbrook Church and just throughout the community, um, backed up, um, actually, I guess, went and knocked on offices in Madison and um, got our first piece of legislation. So we were actually the first state um, to have legislation for safe families uh, for children to operate. Do people come, uh, like you shared the story before, people can come to you directly saying, hey, I, I need some help. Can you help me here? Um, but do you take referrals? Yeah, we do all of that. Yeah. So uh, parents um, can find us lots of different ways. Um, but the big ways they usually find us starting out, the first place they found us was kind of like word of mouth and churches. Um, but um, we now um, have referrals that are coming from Life's Connection, which we talked about. Um, so crisis pregnancy uh, centers, um, local hospitals, local school districts, even police departments are calling us. Uh, so we get referrals from a lot of places. That's often the best connection for us because, um, you know, they understand the parents um, that are coming to them for help and then can refer. Uh, but then parents can find us also through Impact 211 and online also. So um, we do get a number of parents reaching out that way too. What is Impact 211? 
So impact 211 is uh, um, a number that you can call, kind of like 911. Uh, but if you need help with unemployment, you need help with housing, you need help with care of your children, you can call lo- in most local areas, including Milwaukee, and just dial 211 and get help. And I bet a lot of people don't know about that. And that's that's a good thing to share. So yeah. just think of it as the parent uh, 911. You know, they just need some help and need some services, people to wrap their arms around them and say, it's okay. There are ways that we can help and we want to do that. So just remember that if you're a parent in that situation, 211. Um, Jen, do you ever have parents concerned about the safety of their children and if they can trust where their children are going? Yes, every day. Yeah, so you can imagine what kind of crisis it takes to get to the point where you have to ask a stranger for help. Hopefully those people aren't strangers very long, right? But um, that is really scary. And there's a lot of things, especially for families that are living in poverty. Um, there's a lot of fear that if their children, if they ask for help, that's going to demonstrate they can't parent, which is not true whatsoever. And that if they, um, if they do ask for help, that their kids are going to get taken from them and not returned. That's, there's some validity, not to that necessarily, but only about 50% of children that enter the foster care system are actually um, able to be brought back to their parents. So you can understand that fear. So we explain, um, we have dedicated intake volunteers that explain, first of all, that parental rights are always intact. We don't take, there's no one other than them that is parenting. Even it's kind of like sending your kids to your auntie's house or to your cousin's house for a period of time. But we also reassure them that we follow a foster care protocol when children are in in care. And so um, our host families are highly, highly, um, their application process is pretty intense, including um, a lot of background checks and um, training and references and a full home study. So we just try to explain to families, like your kids are safe. Our number one priority is making sure that you're getting on your feet, your goals are being met, but your kids are in a family that you will get to know very well also. So that's our whole thing is long-term relationships, not just hosting kids or caring for kids for short periods of time. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. Cause I think that that would be someone's question, you know, a parent's question along the, along the way. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to continue our discussion with Jen from safe families for children. And we're going to talk about the impact that they've made in our community and how you can get involved. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach. And in our last segment, we are continuing our discussion with Jennifer Schiller, who is the Milwaukee Chapter Director from Safe Families for Children. So, Jen, let's talk impact. Why is there a need for safe families for children in the greater Milwaukee area? And what do you think has been your impact? So one of the things that we talk about all the time is that, as I mentioned, children that um, end up being removed from their families and placed into foster care, that return rate is really um, just really low. You know, our hope would be that every single child that goes into foster care, there's this, this care for getting kids back. Um, but there's a lot of barriers to that and including just a lot of things that, that are moving parts, particularly in um, families living in poverty. So our thing is that we just are like trying to figure out how to prevent kids 
from being separated from their parents. Um, but one of the things that we like to point out is, you know, that's the right thing, right, for kids to be with their parents. But there is a financial cost to that happening also, and I don't know if your listeners know that. So one child in foster care in the state of Wisconsin, um, that can cost between $26,000 to $80,000 a year. So, you know, we know the emotional impact, you know, to kids and families, but the financial impact to taxpayers is, is, is pretty high. Um, if we were able to care, if we needed to care for a child and see families for children with a volunteer host family per year, it's only about $1,000 or less. So really what we're doing is we're paying for the staff oversight, we're paying for um, just all of the training, volunteering, et cetera. Um, but the big thing is, that actually doesn't even happen. The average um, time period we have with kids is about 40 days if kids are in our care before we get them home. And 96% of the children we care for are brought right back to that parent that asked for help in the, in the first place. Um, so the bottom line is we're keeping families together and we're saving a lot of money. Uh, the big thing is we serve over 300 families a year. That can be anywhere from a family calling us and, and hearing that we help um, take kids into care or we partner with them with family friendships um, and they're like, oh, no, thank you. But we still don't leave it there. We resource them. We, you know, if it's a young mama that needs help, we send them to Life's Connection or other places. Um, and so that that's pretty, we think that's significant. But we also host about 60 children a year uh, for families. And then we also family friend, which is when one family is, a volunteer family is just partnering with another family through a hard time. So sometimes that looks like, um, that can look like a, a young parent who's 18 years old who doesn't have any family with them and they just feel really insecure about parenting a baby, but that baby's safe and there's no reason to take, you know, to take a hosting in. So we just do that. So our family friendships have grown by almost 200% in 2020. So we often, when we get a call in, our first question is, can we keep this family together by supporting them through a family friendship? Uh, and we're just seeing some amazing connections over a long-term period. Those run about three to nine months, uh, which uh, hosting only la- averages about 40 days. Mm-hmm. So we think it's pretty cool. And I would say on the, the big thing, too, on the side of volunteers is that our volunteers, um, we feel very strongly that volunteers get as much or more out of the relationship than the families that are helping. So there's lots of crises. Those seem to continue. But our volunteers come back and say that the, their ability to empathize and to understand people that are living in really hard situations has grown them not only as individuals, as families. And Safe Families for Children gives this opportunity to volunteers a whole family. It's not just one individual. It's, it's an entire family that's kind of being immersed um, in what we're doing. Well, and who doesn't need a, uh, a friend or a grandmother or an aunt or an uncle to just help you uh, when you're feeling just a little bit overwhelmed. I think it's a great uh, alternative to some of the other things that are out there. So I think it's a great service that you provide. So if you feel like just somebody listening wants to offer uh, some time, you know, let's talk a little bit about that volunteer piece. Share with us how how a volunteer with Safe Families for Children is is unique. So the uniqueness of volunteering with Safe Families, and my family is a volunteer, um, is it's kind of this, it's an immersive experience. Um, You know, there are a lot of ways that we can volunteer for an hour or two, um, you know, every week, whether that's food pantries or that's, um, you know, going and giving rides um, to elderly, to appointments, et cetera. But the weird and crazy part of Safe Families is it's immersive and there aren't necessarily set 
parameters. I mean, there are, um, but we're serving, um, you can serve as a whole family and not just one person. And you're serving in kind of a sacred space that's hard to share it often, and that's your home. And so I think it really does stretch and grow volunteers in a different way because um, it's stretching, it's kind of messing with some of your, maybe your thoughts about people that look different than you and different cultural and economic backgrounds. But it also, it requires you kind of to, to give of yourself and to open yourself and be vulnerable. So different ways that people can uh, volunteer is we have our big volunteer roles, our host families and family friends. Um, and then we have lots of people filling in lots of crevices. Um, but host families take children into care for short periods of time um, so parents can get back on their feet. Um, it's kind of like a little like voluntary foster care because no one is getting paid, um, but it's that ability to help kids be safe while getting to know a parent and, um, and helping them get stable. We have uh, family friends, and as I mentioned, that's just when one family connects with another family, and that can be lots of different reasons. Um, it can be, uh, we had a, a family connect with um, a Nigerian family that needed some help with a new baby um, and um, with their other two little girls and just didn't have anybody around. And so those families started getting to know each other and um, and not having meals because we're in a weird situation right now with COVID. <laughs> yeah. um, just connecting by phone and, and when the weather was nice, being able to meet in a park and stay some distance. So, you know, family friendships are pretty, pretty common and we always can use more family friends and resource friends, lots of things like that. Those are our volunteer roles that we can mm. more more volunteers. Well, and I love you shared with me a quote uh, from Mother Teresa that says, we often draw the circles of our family too small which I think is, is, uh, it's a visual for me, you know, it's, um, our family goes beyond the four walls in our home, right? It could be somebody next door, it could be somebody across town, it could be somebody um, that doesn't live anywhere near us, but we're reaching out uh, in some way to offer help and assistance. What do you what would you say is your call to action? What are some current needs that you have to continue your organizational growth? Yeah, well, I just thought of one call to action is, first of all, don't be scared of helping people that you don't know. So even if this isn't safe families for children, I think we talk ourselves out of things that like people we don't know, strangers are scary, but it is definitively not the case. So even if it's not safe families, you know, being able to be watchful to people around you that are hurting um, and, and stretching yourself just to even take a, a minute to talk to them is important. But I will go more with safe families. So uh, for safe families for children, uh, we always need more helping hands. We're blessed to have over 400 volunteer families, but the need is great. So um, it can be something as, as simple as um, helping us with resources. So we give away gas cards. Um, we need diapers and formula and even frozen meals when families are hosting, because you can imagine how chaotic that is to pull a couple extra kids in to your house. Um, we are, as um, a nonprofit organization, 100% privately funded. Sometimes people think we're getting help um, from the state of Wisconsin, which we are not. And we're blessed to be um, supported by large foundations like Bader and Bradley locally, along with some family foundations, Kazdex, Heave, and MEM3. Um, but we need more monthly donors in particular, uh, because monthly donors um, equals, you know, some financial stability. Also, business partners. We have a gala that's coming up in September, um, and gala partners are really helpful to us. Um, business partners, because they get the word out about Safe Families for Children um, through big, you know, events like that. You can always donate um, or contact us about volunteering through milwaukee.safe, 
Family-Families.org or calling us um, at 414-345-8715. But our Facebook page is a huge place to connect with us. And our Facebook page is Safe Families for Children Greater Milwaukee. So that was a lot of information that we yeah, covered in, in our segments today, but all good stuff. Um, and we like to make sure that people are aware of the contact information so that they can follow up. You know, we're just planting a mustard seed here. And if you're listening and you're interested in the work that Life's Connection does or Safe Families for Children does, uh, reach out to them. Get more information. Find out how you can volunteer, either your time, your talents, or your resources. So thank you for joining me today, Chris Crawley from Life's Connection and Jennifer Schiller from Safe Families for Children. Thank you for what you do for young children, families, and young men and women. So thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in getting the word out on how you or your nonprofit are making an impact in our community, you can contact me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262 691 3200, and we can discuss how you can be a guest on the show. Join us Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community on News Talk 1130 WISN. You can tune in on your radio or with the iHeartRadio app, or you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And now you can listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you have a soft spot or a passion for helping children, we hope that we've given you some ideas for how you can use those time, talent, and resources that you have to do just that, which will ultimately make a big difference for a family that really needs help in our community. When you turn your focus outward to see the needs of others and what you can possibly do for them, you can't help but be a blessing and give a blessing in some way. Have a great day.